morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Excited? Excited to be here? I'm excited to be here. It's always good when the pastor is excited to preach, right? Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I dread it. I'm <laughs> but today I'm pumped, man. I am excited because I'm talking about my favorite character in, uh, other than Jesus, of course, in, in all of the New Testament. And uh, we're starting a new series. If you're uh, new here, uh, once a year, we um, specifically look at one character in the Bible and uh, do a whole series on that character. And uh, so this morning, uh, you chose a great service to come to as we're going to be starting this new series called Like a Rolling Stone. Has anyone ever felt like a rolling stone before? Just kind of in the words of Bob Dylan, what does he say? With, with no direction at all, like a complete unknown, something, 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 like a rolling stone. <laughs> and, and so that's uh, what we're going to be looking at. And this character in the Bible, his name is uh, Simon Peter. So I'm going to read with you uh, right now Luke chapter 5, and uh, we're going to go verse 1 through 7. And it says, one day Jesus was standing by the Sea of Galilee. And the people were crowding around him, listening to the word of God. And he, he saw at the water's edge two boats, and there were left by their fishermen who were watching, washing their nets. And Jesus, uh, as he's preaching the word, uh, not enough room. He needed to get the, the acoustics of the, of the water, get some extra room. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to this uh, gentleman uh, known to us at this point, um, as Simon. Later on, we know him as Peter, but here he's, he's still Simon. And he asked Simon if uh, he could use his boat and go out a little while and teach the people from his boat. And when he had finished speaking, Jesus said to Simon, put out into the water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered and said, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught a thing, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a great number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats until they began to sink. I'm going to uh, preach a sermon. I, I'm going to title, Catching Your Call. Catching Your Call. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this morning, Lord God. We, we thank you for Everyone here who is honoring you by saying, I want to start my week off by putting God first this Sunday morning. Uh, I pray, Father, that uh, you will bless them. You will up open up opportunities for them, Lord God. And that opportunity starts this morning as they open up their hearts to this word that you want them to receive, Father. I pray that it will go deep in their heart, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody says, amen. amen. Like a rolling stone. Uh, we see in this story, uh, this, uh, this gentleman, his name is Simon. We, we know he's probably, most scholars believe, around 20 years old. He's, he's married at this point in his life, and uh, he is a uh, career fisherman uh, at the age of 20. But there's always more to the story. Whenever you see somebody, whenever you uh, talk with somebody, uh, there's always more to that story than what meets the eye. And there's more to, to, to Simon's story than what we see here in Luke chapter 5. Uh, just the, the other day, um, where, where's Diamond? Are you, are you here, honey? Yep. 
there you are, baby. I love you. I can't wait to get down the front row. Um, I can really just, just get my, my eyes on you more. Uh, but there, my, my wife's up there, and uh, we got little baby Dewey up there. And uh, uh, Diamond is, is, I mean, she's an amazing mother. I wish we could celebrate Mother's Day every day because you are the number one mother every day of the week, ending in Y. And so uh, Diamond's amazing with, with little baby Dewey, and uh, that's like her, her, her thing. Like, like she's taking care of Dewey. And, and so I sometimes have responsibility for the other two, uh, crazy, wild, nutty, stubborn, wonderful, annoying uh, children, Judah and, and Lily. Judah is eight years old uh, uh, next month, and then Lily is six. And so uh, Lily, if you know anything about Lily, some of you have babysat her. Uh, I'm sorry that we don't pay enough, uh, but because uh, you can't pay enough to babysit her. And, and so L- Lily loves watching television. She loves watching her, her Netflix shows, My Little Pony shows. She loves watching uh, Wreck-It Ralph, all the movies. And one thing you know if you live in the Friedel household, right, Dallas, is you do not interrupt Lily while she's watching a movie. You do not mute the, the, the show. You do not turn it off. You do not ask her to eat anything in the kitchen or while her movie is playing. Uh, and and, and, but she has to pause it. She'll pause it, but don't let her leave the room until she pauses it because she will have a nervous breakdown. Lily Armageddon, and it will take place. And so the other day, uh, Diamond's sleeping in the other room, trying to get a nap in, didn't sleep well the night before. And so I'm on daddy duty. I got, I got Judah and Lily, they're watching a movie and I'm uh, in, in the kitchen studying, doing my thing because I'm a good pastor. That's what I do, uh, being a good father, good pastor. And so I'm in there studying, ignoring my children. My back's turned to them, but I can't see them in the reflection of the window. And so Lily's watching uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, uh, I think it's one, it's one of her favorite shows. She's watching Wreck-It Ralph and she's, she's zoned into Wreck-It Ralph, in the zone. Any wives know your husband's getting the zone watching, you know, Sports Center or some movie? You could tell them the greatest thing in the world, and they don't hear a darn thing. That's that's Lily in this moment. And so all of a sudden, Judah, Judah does the unthinkable. He walks in front of Lily and blocks her vision from the television. And in that moment, I see it in the reflection. Lily straight up Bruce Lee, Ronda Rousey, cross kicks Judah right pow in the forehead Judah is stunned in this I can't believe she just kicked me and and Judah didn't hit her back he was just like in a stunned state I saw it in the reflection she doesn't know that I saw what happened I saw the whole thing I turn around and I'm like Lily go to your room right now don't you ever kick your brother and she starts screaming Daddy, it was an accident. It was, I mean, big crocodile tears coming down. And and I'm like, Lily, no, 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 honey. You kicked him right in the face. I saw the whole thing. And then Diamond wakes up, and Diamond's not mad at Judah. She's not mad at Lily. She's mad at who? She's mad at me because, because they woke her up and she's yelling at me. What's the matter? What did Judah do? I'm like, he, he, she kicked him right in the head. All of a sudden, it's pandemonium. Now, when, when we go everywhere, I, there's always more to the story when there's a family of five with an infant. You know, we, 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 we went to Chili's the other night. I think we might be banned from Chili's ever going there again. We left our stamp on Chili's. Uh, and, and you see people on a Sunday morning. They're, they're all smiles, but you have no idea what happened on the car ride to get here. There's always more to the story, and I, we, we get more to Simon's story, not necessarily by exactly what is in Scripture in Luke chapter 5, but what is implied of the way a Jewish teenager would have been brought up, and a Jewish child, especially a boy, the, the yearning, the desire for every Jewish child is to one day become a rabbi. 
That is like playing for the New York Yankees if you were a Jewish boy in this time. That it was every father's dream for their son to be a rabbi. It was every young man's dream to one day be able to be a rabbi and preach God's holy word in the temple. That was their dream. And so uh, what they do, they have different schools that you go to. First, you have to go to the, it's called the Bet Midler School. Uh, and you do that for, I, I believe it's until you're 11 or 12 years old. And you have to memorize the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. And then after that, you would go to the Talmudian school. And after you would graduate the Talmudian school, uh, hard studying. And if you graduated, what you would do is you would find a local rabbi that was taking on an apprentice, taking on interns. And you would ask that rabbi, may I follow you? And that rabbi would either say yes or, or no. And if that rabbi said yes, then you would follow that rabbi. You would learn from him. You would glean from him until you turn 30 years old. And then when you were 30 years old, you would be able to start your own public ministry as a rabbi. And so this was, was Peter's, uh, uh, formerly known as Simon's, dream. To, to one day be a rabbi. Like he didn't have Derek Jeter, Michael Jordan posters in his room that, like, like me, that's what I had. Uh, he would have had like Moses parting the Red Sea. He would have had like, like Samson bench pressing 500 pounds. He would have had like, like David in the octagon with a lion. Like, like these were his heroes to one day be a preacher, to one day be able to be a man of God like these men. And when we see Simon Peter fishing in this moment, it lets us know what happened in his life. It lets us know about the failures that took place in his life. It lets us know that when he had that moment where he was yearning to become a rabbi and he studied hard and he went to, to one of those uh, rabbis to, to follow him and said to him, maybe he went to Nicodemus. We read about Nicodemus in the New Testament and says, may I follow you? And they said, no, Simon, you're not smart enough. May I follow you? No, Simon. You got too much sin in your life, Simon. You, you're not worthy to, to preach God's word. You're, you're, you don't have what it takes to be a rabbi. And, and time after time, we don't know the number of, of people, of rabbis that Simon was rejected by, but we do know that it created a complex within him. We know that, that, that through Simon's past, it created this, this spirit of rejection that caused him to always want to prove himself. It caused him to, to have this fractured heart, uh, feeling like a failure. And, and then it, it happens as he's gone to all these rabbis to, to follow them that finally he realizes, I'm going to be a fisherman just like my father. Not a bad thing, but it, it represents for us a dream that has failed. It represents for us a, a hope that has been fractured and is now turned into working the same job that my father worked. And so that's where we see Simon Peter in this moment. And, and Simon uh, is, is in the boat, he's fishing, and he fishes all night, and he catches nothing. Another, I mean, that, that's got to be, I'm not a fisherman. I, I, I fished one time when I was 11 years old, and I caught a beer can. That was, that's the only time. I, but I can imagine that, that fishing all night, and this is your job, and you catch not, I mean, not even one, Simon? You must really be a failure. You know, fail as a rabbi, can't even catch a fish. Come on, man. And he comes in, he's depressed, and he's about any 20-year-old any, uh, uh, men here, 20 years old? Around 20 years old? Around 20, see, can you come here for a second? Come up here. We got young man... Round 20. What's up? Come on up. Come on up. This is, this is your boat. All right. What's your name? MJ. Oh, MJ. I remember you. 
like eight years ago. That's awesome. You look great, man. You're tall. Are you taller than me? Maybe the hair might got me a little bit, but yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, so, so MJ, you're going to be Simon, okay? All right, and so you're going to sit in the boat, all right? All right, did, did you know that this was going to happen this morning when you came to Shore Christian Church? No? Yeah, sit there right now, all right? All right, and, and so Jesus is, is preaching. He's preaching, but the crowd is like overtaking him. And so he, he goes into this boat that is owned by, by you, by Simon, and Jesus just, just jacks his boat. Just, I mean, come on, this is crazy. He just hops in his boat and says, all right, I'm just going to start preaching from this boat. You, you look at me like that's normal. You, you try that when you leave here. You know, just, just go into the parking garage, hop in somebody else's car, make it one that's nicer than yours, and just say, oh, I'm a Christian too. It's cool. You know? and, so, and so Jesus just, just jacks his boat. And, and he starts using his boat. And, and th- this is what's interesting, though. Um, I used to think that, that Jesus needed his boat, right? Because Jesus had to get the word out, right? And he needed the boat in order to go out further so he could preach to the people. But then I realized that Jesus can moonwalk on water. Did you know that? Yeah, he didn't need a boat. And that's what I would have done. I would have just moonwalked all up on the Sea of Galilee. It would have drew attention. It would have grew my ministry by tenfold, but not Jesus. Jesus jacks his boat because he wants to collaborate with us in this mission, in the great. He wants to use us. He wants to work with us. That's my first point. Jesus wants to collaborate with you, and this is what you need to realize, Simon, MJ, is that Jesus doesn't need your boat, but you need Jesus on your boat. See, a lot of times we think it's our boat, right? This is my boat. I I built this boat. I cut the trees down and I built this boat. It's mine. I worked hard for this boat. But then I would always say, uh, 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 Simon, who made the trees? Who made the trees that made the boat? Because you think that that stuff is yours. That stuff is not yours. God has blessed you. And though there are moments when God will say, I want to use what I have already blessed you with so I could get the word out, so I could get God's good news out. And, and a lot of times we feel like, like God, God's trying to take our money or take our resources. No, you need God's blessing on your boat because he knows the best place is to fish. I thought that was good. And so, and so Jesus comes on his boat and he starts preaching. And then he says to Simon, Simon, this is what I want you to do. I, I want you to go out, and, and I, want you to, uh, uh, um, I want you to go out and, and fish some more, okay? I want you to go back out and uh, cast your nets again. And we're, we're at a moment where you just had an all-night failure. This is not a good time for me to be challenged. I need to be comforted in this moment. And, and Jesus always comes to us in our lowest moments, See, a lot of times it's our failures that Jesus is able to use because it's our failures that strip us of our pride and God can't use a proud person. 
And so a lot of times God will allow you to go through a failure. God will allow you to, to fish all night and catch nothing at the lowest point in your life and he'll come to you with your greatest calling and your greatest blessing. So don't write yourself off just because you failed. Don't write yourself off because you fished all night and you came up empty. That just may be the moment when God will give you your greatest blessing and your greatest anointing that you've ever experienced in your short 20 years, 50 years of life. And that's what Jesus does in this moment. Comes to him and, and says, I want you to go out and do it again. Same place and do it again. And this is what MJ's response, this is what Simon's response is. This is what he says, Luke 5 something. He, he says to him, he, he says, Sir, master, I fished all night and I got empty nets. All night. Ever fished all night? Yeah, but you fish for other things maybe all night. <laughs> At least he's honest. <laughs> he's kidding, he's kidding, he's kidding. No, but I, I, I'm serious about a, a lot of you, you, you go out fishing for what you don't have because you have this void inside of you and you fish all night thinking that her or him is gonna fill what you need and even when you get it, you wake up the next morning with empty nets. How, how do I know this? It's because I've been there before. I, I've been in those moments where I was 20 years old, 21 years old, and I thought that if I fished all night and got that girl to approve of me, to come on to me, then I would wake up the next morning with a full net. And I realized that when I would fish all night, I would still wake up the next morning with an empty net. And it doesn't just come in the form of women or men. It comes in the form of trying to prove yourself. It comes in the form of trying to earn a certain amount of money. It comes in the form of earning enough people to approve of you to, to climb the ladder high enough. And you think that the next morning when you wake up that your nets are going to be full, that your heart is going to be full because that's what the nets represent, MJ. The nets represent our hearts. And a lot of times we go out fishing, but we wake up the next morning and we still have empty nets in our heart. And some of you, are real quiet because you know that I am preaching directly to your heart and you have been going through this time and time and time again thinking somehow you're going to get a different result on the inside and you're lying to yourself every single morning thinking that you're happier than you really are and you wonder why you're so depressed is because you're putting your faith in your nets and they come up empty every single morning but Jesus is now giving you a commandment and he is saying now I want you to go out to the same spot but the only difference is, is now I'm in the boat with you. And he, I wasn't in the boat with you before and you came out empty, but now I'm gonna go fishing with you and I believe you're gonna get a different result. And when Simon Peter went back out there, this is a freaking awesome story. I love this story. This isn't just a story. This can change your life if you get it on the inside of you because Simon Peter, at, this is what he says. I fish all night. This is what he said. All night. I got this one memorized. And, and came up with empty nets. This is what he says. But, say but. Because you say so. Because you say so. I don't understand it. I don't know why. I don't feel it. Because that's what we always say. 
We don't say because you say so, God. This is what we say. We say, because I feel so. Because I feel so. When I feel so, I'll do so. But unless I feel so, I'm not going to do so, God. But Peter was different. Peter, at his lowest moment, he could have been cynical. He could have been a, a sarcastic fool in this moment and told Jesus off saying, who do you think you are? You're a rabbi. I'm a fisherman. I just fished in that same spot for 24 hours straight and came up empty. He could have been bitter. He could have been cynical. But he said, because you say so, I will go. Some of you, you need to get that attitude when it comes to God's word over your life. You need to stop going out just on your feelings. You need to stop just going out when you have all the facts or all the answers and say, God, because you say so, I believe that you are gonna give me a different result. Because you say so, I'm gonna give my time, my talent, and my treasure. Because you say so, I'm gonna forgive that family member that has wronged me and hurt me. Because you say so, I'm gonna be able to get out of this pit of depression that I'm in. Because you say so, I'm not a victim any longer. Because you say so, what God says about you supersedes what anybody else in this world says about you. I don't know if you ever, you ever drink a Pepsi? Yeah. So, so why does that Pepsi get to put a label on that Pepsi? It's not a trick question. Because it made it. All right, I'm just leave it right there. I'll just leave it right there. So then, so then this is what happens. He, he goes out. Because you say so, I'll, I'll go back out. And then guess what happens? Did you go to Sunday school? He catches a lot of fish. He catches a lot of fish. Went to the same place. But this time Jesus was in the boat with him. And he got a different result. And, and most of us, I, I, I think I, I would be so pumped. But then this is what, what, what Simon Peter deals with. He deals with condemnation and guilt and shame. Because in that moment, I believe Peter, Simon, realized that this just wasn't any old rabbi. That, that this was the one that Isaiah prophesied about in Isaiah 53. That this is the one that David prophesied. This is the Messiah. This is the Son of God. And, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm a sinful man. I, I got doubts. And he, he doesn't want anything to do with me. These, these earthly rabbis didn't even want me to follow them. They didn't want me to have anything to do with the church. They threw me out. And so even after a blessing, he can't even enjoy the blessing because he's feeling the condemnation of who he is. And he comes to, he comes to Jesus, and this is what he says. He says, depart from me, Jesus, because I am a sinful man. I'm a sinful man. You don't want me, Jesus. You don't want me to be one of your disciples. You don't want anything. If you knew what I did last night, if you knew the things that I've gone through in my life, you would not want anything to do with me. How many of us, don't raise your hand, have ever felt that way before? How many have ever talked to somebody who feels that way? That I, I can't come to church. You don't know who I am. I'm, I'm a sin. The, the, the church would, would burn down. Good thing we don't have a church building. We meet in a nightclub, so they got no excuse. <laughs> and, and it's funny. It, so, uh, so I'm a pastor, right? You guys know that, right? 
I'm not just some random guy that grabbed the microphone. Uh, but I'm a pastor, and so uh, um, some, sometimes I, I work out, sometimes. And so uh, I, I could do 100 burpees in five minutes. Do you believe me? You do? Oh, that's really sweet. That's really sweet. I, said, I meant, I meant uh, um, five days. That's what I actually meant. Um, and so I work at this gym. It's called Easy uh, Fitness. And uh, um, you work out with people. And the workouts are difficult. And uh, uh, I was working out with this one guy this week. Uh, so funny. And uh, it was a hard workout. Hard workout. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of tough, uh, you know, calisthenics and stuff. And, and uh, uh, he, he was dropping some expletives, you know, during this workout. You know, you ever do, do that before? Now, don't, don't answer. You don't have to answer that. This isn't an interrogation or anything, you know. You didn't expect to be up here, did you? No. You just thought you could just stroll in here, blend in with everybody else? Right? <laughs> kind of like Simon. <laughs> Sometimes God just calls you out, doesn't he? And so uh, I was at the gym, right? And this guy's just dropping expletive, expletive, expletive. And then at the end of the workout, we're, we're stretching and everything. And uh, uh, he asked me how long I've been going to the gym. I tell him. Uh, and I, I, he said, how did you hear about the gym? I was like, oh, someone from my church uh, uh, referred me here. Oh, and uh, he's like, oh, what, what church do you go to? I'm like, I'm the pastor of Shore Christian Church. And the dude goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And he just like, like, like just like the shame came on his face. And I was thinking about it. I was talking with our staff the, the other day. I was like, probably the response I get 90% of the time when I tell people that I'm a pastor is, oh, my God. I'm so sorry, because they, they, they realized that maybe they said a few things that, that were sinful, I don't know, because they didn't know who I was, right? So that's kind of like what Peter, he didn't know that this was, this was God with skin on, and then he realizes that this is the Son of God, and, and man, when you're with someone amazing, it makes you realize how bad you really are. Like, even if you're kind of good, like, let's just say you're kind of good, right? Like, you're kind of good, you know, like, like you, you didn't go out last night, you stayed home, read your Bible. Is that what you did? Yeah, you did. Oh, that's awesome, man. And so you're a good kid, man. You're good, you're good. And I remember when I was in uh, high school, I was a really good baseball player, MJ. Uh, I was uh, second team All-State New Jersey, 2002. Should have been first team. I'm still very upset about that. I still have a bitter root. God's working on me, though. He's, he's helping me out through, through this whole pastoring thing. And so I should have been first team, but I was second team. And, and I remember before I went to college, I went to a showcase. And, and I was good, man. I was a really good baseball player. And then they put me on the same team at the showcase with um, these two players from Virginia Beach, uh, B.J. Upton and David Wright. And uh, they're the same, same age as me. And um, I realized I sucked, because, uh, no, no, but I, I, I was good. But compared to, compared to them, who am I? I? I don't even deserve to be on the same field with them. That's what Peter's going through because compared to you, Jesus, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a sinful man. You don't want me. I, I got issues. I got failures. And that's the way so many people relate to God. God, you can't use me. You don't want anything to do with me because you know what I've been through. You know how many times I tried to step out in faith and I failed. You know the kind of marriage that I have. You know the kind of father that I've been. You know the anxieties that I have. You don't want anything to do with me. You don't want me to be one of your disciples because you know that I'm a sinful man. And that spirit of condemnation has kept you captive long 
long enough. It has kept people at the Jersey Shore captive long enough. And we need to be able to get the word out like Jesus did when they feel like I am a sinful man, I'm a sinful woman, God can't use me. The thing that Jesus said in response to that was do not be afraid. That you don't have to be afraid of this God that we serve. He is not a God that wants to beat you over the head with a Bible or a bat. He does not want to condemn you, but he wants you to follow him. And as you follow him, suddenly you will realize who you were meant to be in Christ. And so he says, don't be afraid. Be afraid, MJ. And then this is, this is my favorite part of the whole sermon. It says, don't be afraid. From now on. From now on. I believe hearing those words was like fresh water on the face of Simon Peter on a blistering hot day. Where suddenly he realized that he could have a from now on moment in his walk with God. That suddenly from now on things can be different in my life. That, that from now on, I'm going to be able to think different. From now on, I could be a better husband. I could be a better father. From now on, God doesn't condemn us for our past, but he uses it to create a greater future for us, and he knows that now. Simon Peter's realizing that my future is not based on my past, that from now on, God can use me in a mighty way. From now on, some of you need to get that revelation in your life because I, I believe some people, I don't think you do this, MJ, but I think some people come to church just to be inspired. Definitely. 20 years old, got a lot more wisdom than most of us. And, and you know what's amazing is, is I could do that. I could do that. I could get this microphone and I could inspire them out there. I could do that. You know what I can't do? I can't change them. Only God can. And some people, they may come to this church, they may come to another church, and they just want to leave feeling good, feel inspired. That's, that's man's motivation. God doesn't want man to motivate. God wants to change us. There used to be services when people would come in and, and they, would, they would actually want to leave changed, that they would want to go home, and, and they would want to take things in their life that they were using and throw them in the trash can, that there were people that when they would go home, that they would change the way they treated their kids because they were convicted so much by the Holy Spirit. Even though God loves us how we are, he doesn't love us and leave us. He loves us and leads us out of our mess. And there used to be a time when people would, during the week, they would ask God, what, what do I need to change in my life? And, and I feel like somewhere along the line, I don't know where it was, but we lost that. We lost that where we just, we, we come here and it's, and it's 1030 and there's 10 minutes left in this service. And, and I cannot wait to see what Tallulah's has on the special list. And, and you go home and nothing changes and you go home and nothing changes. And you, you give your $50 in the offering basket every Sunday and you go home and nothing changes. And you take this word and, and you just go out of here and you don't even remember it. What are we even doing here, guys? If we don't have a from now on moment where we look at our life and we examine our life and say, God, Anything in me that is not of you, take it away. Everything is on the table. 
That man, that woman, that relationship, that, 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 that tendency, that desire, that computer, that pornography, everything is on the table, God. Change me. Take it from me. I want to have a from now on moment. And you can. You can have a from now on moment. Where from now on, that doesn't control me anymore. From now on, I don't think of myself that way any longer. From now on, I don't think of myself just as a sinful person. From now on, I don't just gossip and talk about other people to make myself feel good. From now on, that's the kind of relationship God wants to have with you. And every week you could grow, but you have to receive it. Say, God, I don't just want to get inspired this morning. I want you to change me. How amazing would it be if you just came into church? I didn't say this to the first service. I don't know why I'm saying it to you. But I, f- I feel like some of you, you should come into church. All of us should come into church. Say, God, show me something in my life that I need to change. People used to do that. They used to come to the altar just in tears. Just, just saying, I'm a sinful person. I don't deserve the grace, but I receive it. And, and, and what I receive, I'm now going to apply in my life. And, and, and I'm going to change some things from now on. We just come in here once a week to, to just get inspired and then go home. And nothing changes. I don't want to pastor that church. I don't think I pastor that church, but I don't ever want to pastor that church. Where we just come in here and... Oh, man, we are a new creation. We have a mantle on us to to get the word out to people who are hurting, people who are broken out there. But first, we got to get our own life in order. And so, MJ, from now on, you're not just going to be a fisher of fish. Fisher of fish to a fisher of men. Doing the same thing, just a different way. See, God wants you to do the same things, but just do it a different way. See, he was doing the right thing the wrong way. <laughs> Some of you, you you've been a, uh, I'll just throw it out there. You, you've been crazy. No, no, you could still be crazy, but be crazy for Jesus. Uh, you've, been a, you've been a hustler. Now be a hustler for Jesus. Go out there and hustle souls. Hustle people and get them in the church. That's the kind of hustler you should be, a fisher of men. And, and this is what the, the calling does. And, and, and he says to, 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 to Simon, he says, from now on, I will make you a fisher of men. And from that point, he took Simon's hand and he pulled him out of the boat. And That's what the calling does, see. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, that's that's my job. That's your job, MJ. Follow him, and I will make you. That's God's job. My job is to follow him, and he will make me 
I don't have to be concerned about, am I there yet? Has he made me that? No, 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 no. I just got to follow him. Every day I follow him. Every day I yearn after him. Every day I'm desperate for him. As I'm desperate for him, suddenly things in my life are going to begin to change because we're going to learn in the life of Simon Peter that this change did not happen overnight and it didn't happen for us overnight. That there may be moments like Peter where we go back in the boat and we go back fishing and we go back to some of the tendencies that we used to have, but God will change me. God will make me. It's as I I follow him. It's as I seek after him. He has called every single one of you. Do you know that? Who's out there? Ryan Gessel. Ryan Gessel. You come up here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You're good. How long did it take me to call him? Immediate. Took him a little while to get up here. See, God calls every single one of us. You are called. You are chosen. But how long is it going to take you to respond to that call? One, two, three, four. God is long-suffering concerning his promise, Peter said. But he wishes that none should perish, but all should respond to that calling. And so he's going to keep calling on you. He doesn't give up on you. He keeps calling, but you have to respond to that calling. I thought it was amazing how... uh, now you're up here, I'll talk to you, Ryan. How when, uh, when, when, when Simon wanted to be a rabbi, he, he would have to go to the rabbis and say, may I follow you? And, and every time he would do that, the rabbis would turn their backs on him because you're not good enough, Simon. You're not smart enough. You're not holy enough. You're a sinful man. You don't, you don't have what it takes to be a pastor or a preacher. You don't have what it takes to read God's holy word in the temple. And every single one of, every time he would say, may I follow you, they would turn their backs on him. And then Jesus, oh, I love Jesus. Jesus turns the tables. Jesus looks at Simon and says, I know how many times you've been rejected when you asked to follow that rabbi, but I'm not even gonna wait for you to ask me. I'm gonna ask you first, will you follow me? Will you, and, and Simon, I'm sure in this moment, is totally overwhelmed by the grace of God because he's realizing that it is God's grace that is calling me. And all I have to do is respond to that calling. And I think one thing that God loves to do is he loves to call people that others have rejected. I think he takes pride in that. I think he likes the fact that you've had failures in your life. I think he likes the fact that you've been passed over for opportunities, that you have some issues in your life. Because Jesus, when he was building his team, he took all the people that were passed over and said, I could change the world even with the B team, even with the Ryans and the MJs. Not calling you guys the B team, but I'm saying God can use anybody. You guys could, could take, take your seat.
So what is it that God is convicting you of this morning? He loved you enough to, to send me with a word so you could say, from now on, things are going to be different in my life. From now on, things are going to be different in my marriage. From now on, things are going to be different about how I talk to my children, how I talk to my wife. From now on, things are going to be different about what I put in my body. From now on, I'm making a stand to follow Jesus. And as I follow him, he will change me. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word that you spoke into our hearts, Lord God. I pray, Father, that, that people won't get offended, but people will receive, receive this, this word, this correction, because you love us. You love us enough to correct us. You love us enough to redirect us because you see something valuable in us. You see something so precious inside of us. I pray right, right now for anyone who can relate to Simon based on the rejection that Simon has had. That there's some people in here who have, who have been rejected by man. Maybe it came through a divorce. Maybe it came through a father. Maybe it came through an employer. Maybe it just came through life and you feel like people are constantly turning their backs on you. I want you to know that, that Jesus is coming to you this morning. And he's got his hand out. And he's saying, will you follow me? Will you follow me? Later on in Peter's life, he failed again and he went back. He backslid and he went back to the nets. And Jesus resurrected on the third day. And Peter was so ashamed that he didn't go back to meet Jesus. He was, he was so ashamed to see him because of what he had done, the mistakes he had made. But Jesus turned to Mary Magdalene, the first person that saw him resurrected, and said to Mary Magdalene, go tell the disciples and Peter. He calls you by name. And he's calling you by name this morning. Saying, I know you. I know you, Martha. I know you, Mary. I know you, Joseph. I know you, Brian. I know what you've been through and I've known what you've done but I'm calling you out of your boat this morning. Are you tired yet of waking up with empty nets every morning? Are you ready for me to come in your boat and fill your nets with grace and fill your nets with approval and fill your nets with a spirit of grace? Are you ready for me to fill your life again? How long are you gonna be out there on the sea trying to fish on your own? Are you ready to let me come back on your boat and lead you to where I have created you to go? Are you ready? Are you done yet? Are you done? Are you weary enough? Because when you are, Jesus is there that's you this morning and you're ready to make that decision from now on I'm going to follow you Jesus 
I've toiled all night. I'm ready now. I'm at the end of myself. The end of yourself is the beginning of Him. The end of your strength is the beginning of His. If that's you this morning on the count of three, I just want you to shoot your hand up. One, two, three. Shoot them up right now. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Let's just say this together as a church. Dear Jesus, I thank you for grace. I'm at the end of myself, and I am ready. From now on, I will follow you. From now on, I will trust you. From now on, I am a new creation. I'm going to think different. I'm going to love different. I'm going to forgive different. And I believe that my best is yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a big Shore Christian Church hand clap this morning. Amen.